Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Knowing Spirit. Thank you for joining the podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the community. This is a place where people can share ideas, grow, um, and this is an online community of people of faith. So welcome. My name is Candace Paul, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Darian Eaton. There's Darian and David Chandler. So, and we're going to start talking about Hollywood. I think this is a very important topic to talk about right now because literally movies and film control the way that we look at the world. And so what the artists are doing, they're shaping the way that we see the world. So what do they want you to see? So we're going to talk about how it was before and where it's gone and what it's going to be. So we're going to get into that. So I'm going to let David tell us a little bit of the history of what Hollywood was before, what the standard was, and how it's changed. So David, well, let us know. Tell us. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Candice, for uh, allowing me on to your platform. Uh, it's just something that's been weighing on my heart. And uh, God uh, allowed me to uh, gain this this type of knowledge and and pretty much uh, bring it to you, convey it to the public. Uh, Hollywood wasn't always a uh, satanic. It wasn't always satanic. Uh, we, we have to go all the way back to the 1920s, uh, and I'm pretty sure you've all heard of the golden age of movies. Uh, that started way back in the 1927 when the Hayes Code was established. And it was uh, started by a guy by the name of William H. Hayes. Uh, and it was pretty much um, pushed forward by the Protestant Film Commission. The Protestant Film Commission was a, was a group, was a parachurch organization. And they would uh, periodically go and... Um, check on the movies. Um, they would uh, oversee uh, some of the movies that were put out by a lot of the filmmakers and the screenwriters. And uh, by the way, the film, the, the Hayes Code was about maybe, it, it was, uh, it, it was a um, sort of kind of like an outline of the types of movies that were allowed that uh, were allowed to uh, be proliferated to the public. And one of the, um, uh, the one, one of the um, things with that was, uh, there was, or, or rules, I'm sorry, was to um, not put any movies or any, or convey any uh, ideas that were anti-Christian in nature. And um, so that's why you had movies like The Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur. Uh, the Ten Commandments came out, and I think it was in the 50s, with Charlton Heston and Yul Brynner. And it was a great movie. It used to come out during the holiday season, around Easter and around the, uh, the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays. And it was extremely biblical. It was very, it, it adhered to the scriptures, the book of Exodus, Exodus, um, I think it was 20, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when the Jews were 
all the, uh, from the birth of Moses all the way up to when the Jews uh, were uh, taken out of Egypt. Okay. And so, you know, then you had Ben-Hur. Uh, then you had um, a lot of other movies. But it started waning as time wore on. It lasted for about 40 years from 1927 all the way until 1966. Now the code started to wane because um, you had other filmmakers and screenwriters that were kind of rocking the boat, so to speak. And oh, they were- Can I just interrupt for one second? Um, uh -huh. So just to synthesize or summarize all that you said, because you just gave us great information. So basically there was a standard for the movie industry mm -hmm. that was pretty much guided by the Hayes Code. And it had a lot of Christian values and there were Christian leaders and people like that who actually had a say in how movies were made. Or they at least consulted with directors and, and um, you know, people who were in the film industry, artists, about how it should go. And in 1966, it was recanted it was done away with? Well, it was uh, pretty much the Hayes Code was a standard. Right. Uh, and it was established by William H. Hayes. Now the, film, the, now, the Protestant Film Commission was the one that actually dictated to these guys as to what types of movies were to be proliferated to the public. Okay. And during the 50s, it started to wane simply because there were individuals other screenwriters and filmmakers were beginning to have problems with the types of, 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 of films that were being pushed out there. So it was around 1966 when the Hayes Code was abandoned altogether. The church left. And Anton LaVey, who was the founder of the Church of Satan, um, which was established that year, that very year, uh, as a religious body, he started uh, co uh, collaborating and uh, consulting with those very same screenwriters and those very same filmmakers, like Kenneth Anger was one, Roman Polanski was another, and a few others. And in 1968, Rosemary's Baby came out. That was the year before the Manson murders took place. Wow. So then we start to see this shift mm -hmm. in how that, movies are done. And yeah. That, yeah. Right. And then that's called a paradigm shift. When you have a shifting in morals and values, uh, that's called a paradigm shift. That affects the culture as a whole. That affects how people live, how people act, how people view certain things. Their overall worldview starts to change with each generation because of that particular paradigm shift. You have a paradigm shift when uh, pertaining to homosexuality, abortion, gay marriage, uh, and things of that sort. And all these movies that came after that, after 1966, started to blur those lines. You know, you, you saw more uh, shows that emphasize sexuality, uh, uh, you know, women running around naked and, and, and things of that sort. And like, for instance, you have uh, a guy by the name of um, uh, The Wild, well, it was a movie called The Wild Ones. Uh, you had a lot of shoot 'em up movies, and then in the seventies, you have you had a lot of exploitation movies, um, 
where you have pimps and, and things of that sort. Um, and then the family started to be downplayed more and more, but it was a gradual thing. It didn't happen overnight. We saw the fruits of it during the 80s, uh, and it was blatant occultic themes in a lot of your horror movies like Hellraiser by Clive Barker, um, Nightmare on Elm Street by Wes Craven, um, uh, um, Friday the 13th, I don't know who started that, but um, Wishmaster, Child's Play, um, and, and things of that sort. Um, Halloween was written by John Carpenter. And he was another individual that was in the occult. They, they uh, think of, and you sit back and you wonder why, how do they think of these things? But well, because they consulted. I have, I, I knew a friend that's on Facebook and I'm not gonna name her, I'm not gonna say her name, but she uh, knew a guy by the name of Forey Ackerman. He had a magazine, I can't remember the name of it now, but she had a magazine, he had a magazine and he knew guys like Stephen King, guys like L. Ron Hubbard, uh, and guys like Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was an occultist. And uh, Kenneth Anger knew Forey Ackerman as well. He's another film director. He, started, he directed two films, Lucifer Rising, which came out, I believe, in 1968, and um, you know, Invocation of My Demon Brother, which came out in 1970. And these all depicted Satan, you know, they were all Satan. This was all in the, the, the you know, the, the worship of Satan in the occult. And uh, uh, the Rolling Stones knew uh, 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 Kenneth Anger and, and a lot of other guys did as well. Uh, he's an old man now, he's in his, probably in his eighties, uh, but uh, he knew a lot of these, these guys. Uh, so. Uh, it, it's a rabbit hole. It goes deep. Wow. That was interesting. Daring, do you have any thoughts just hearing that? Yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff to unpack. Um, in reference to um, just the cultural view, I mean, we were talking the other day about like, what is it, just the this cathartic mindset of affecting different generations slowly like the 60s 70s generational generationally it seems like seems like these things are taking effect gradually yeah. locking key oh, they're, unfe they're unfettering the stuff that was held down and now these views um in my opinion they sound a little demonic um gradually they're relinquishing them back to the community and culturally we're seeing today that um people are more and more depraved um a lot of the horror type stuff uh, has made children desensitized um yep. 2020 we had you know from from then the 60s to 2020 we've had tons of mass murders um tons of shootings Tons of serial killers, tons of copycats. Oh, uh, uh, I wanted to get into that. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I was going to get into the whole cathartic view of art. And what that is, basically, is um, the, you know, writers. And it's no longer about, like you and I, Darian, we just want to tell a story. That's 
the, the crux of what creativity is. Mm -hmm. uh, artists like to just draw to do art. Sequential art, they just like sequential artists, they just want to do sequential art, comic books uh, and things of that sort. But the, the cathartic view mean is, is pretty much, uh, they don't want to just tell a story. They want to, they want to push boundaries. They want to push the boundaries of morality, change so social mores, uh, change the culture. Aleister Crowley said, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. The law meaning philema, and that's in philemic uh, occultism, which basically means law, you know, or love is the love, law, law is the love, love law under will, which means philema. But in the 60s, they translated that into do what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody. And so in the, in the arts, you have exactly this worldview. So, for instance, you mentioned something about serial killers. Ted Bundy uh, said before he was executed, James Dobson, that he used to view pornography. Now, we don't know if this is true or not, but this is what he said. He used to buy it. He used to look at it. Um, and all these detective comics, uh, he would read and, and it would desensitize him to the point of him wanting to murder women and to commit sexual violence. You have Jeffrey Dahmer who, who uh, viewed um, The Exorcist 3, and he also viewed, this is what the media didn't tell you, but he also viewed a, a movie called Hellraiser, all of them. He viewed all of the Hellraiser movies and he also believed in what is known as dialectical uh, materialism or dialectical evo social evolution or social Darwinism, uh, which he believed that man is nothing more than just an, uh, an, an highly intelligent animal. Bundy believed in the same thing because he went to college for psychology. And of course, psychology, a lot of these guys in the, the, in the psychology field, like uh, Freud was into evolution. Uh, Alfred Adler was into evolution. Uh, a guy by the name of Eric Erickson believed in evolution. And so Bundy studied these guys and he believed that what's the difference between me killing you and killing a rat or a mouse? Uh, a guy, another serial killer by the name of Danny Rowling, who was known as the Gainesville Ripper out in Florida, killed about five co-eds. He also viewed uh, a, a movie known as, uh, I think it was the Hellraiser films as well. And he, you know, he, so th this is the, these are the kinds of things that already, that, that have stoked the fire that was already there, that was already smoldering. And so you, you so with the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, one more example, uh, listened to uh, ACDC and another, uh, rock or uh, heavy metal band by the name of Judas Priest that the name of that song was Jack the Knife and the, the ACDC song that Ramirez listened to when he went out to, to, to on the murder spree was Night Prowl that was the name that was given to him or he give, gave himself when he was uh, during his arraignment in 1989 wow um Everything that you just said is, I mean, it's spot on. And what you're talking about is how these movies can influence people's behavior. 
and influence what they do. And so there was a movie that you actually shared with me. It was called Satanic Hollywood, I think. Um, and what's the full title of it? Do you remember? Um, Pandora's Box. I think something yeah. like that. Yeah, we, Pandora's we, Box. Uh, and it was uh, Exposing Satanic Hollywood. Exactly. And I'll share the link with everyone. It's actually on our playlist on A Knowing Spirit. So you can check it out. Um, but essentially, they were talking about how advertising really influences people. Even when you think that you perceive that, oh yeah, I know that this is an advertisement. It's not affecting me at all. It does. It has a very strong effect. And um, the gentleman who was in the movie, he was kind of narrating the film. He used the example of how in Risky Business with Tom Cruise, Ray-Ban sunglasses, that one scene where it zooms in on Tom Cruise wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses, how sales for Ray-Bans went up 1,400% after that film. Um, the same with James Dean wearing leather jackets and all of these different things. And so a very poignant thing that was said in the film was if you think that just product placements can have that much of an effect on a person, what do you think whole films have on a person's mind? So when you're literally showing films that have extreme violence, extreme sex, um, just a lot of these very emotional acts where it's trying to get you to feel something because that's what catharsis is. It's supposed to be an emotional release. And so if you're watching a movie for two hours and every couple of scenes you see, so you see something violent or you see something sexual, um, what will that do to your psyche? And it's kind of these things that we ingest. So I guess now I want to talk about that's what it was then. Mm -hmm. What has it become now? So um, we were talking about how this is a generational thing and each generation, it gets progressively worse. Now you can turn on the TV and on regular cable television or even regular television, you will hear curse words, cuss words, blasphemous words. You will see some sort of sex or something. Um, and even in children's cartoons, uh, all of these innuendos and these jokes and these subtleties, they're embedded in there and it's getting worse. So what are some examples that you guys have seen um, with this type of stuff? And I'll let Darian start off. Um, it's all over the place, specifically in the gaming uh tons of sexual in there's a new game out called cyberpunk it's definitely an adult themed game um apparently cyberpunk is based off of a um some form of a um book of some sort nonetheless in this particular game when you're in the creative phase of the game you can opt to take so this is a role-playing game rpg um you can buy it on like xbox playstation um stuff like that probably PC. And there's an option where you can actually change your uh, like privy member size to whatever size you want. Apparently there's a part like some sex scenes in the game. So if you if they show and I looked it up, you can you you, you have the ability on this particular game to either a default to trousers like shorts, like underclothes or mm -hmm. you can you can turn that safe, that feature off and you can literally put genitalia on your body. Um, 
and range the size of your, you know, you know what, or you can put like the right uh, pubic hairs and all that. Like it's too much. I'm like, okay. So on a game, your desensitizing the ability, you can act, actually build whatever kind of character you want. And this is a game that's on like the level of Grand Theft Auto, but mm-hmm. it's sci-fi related. So you take that and then you add the cyberpunk type of stuff and the sexual, you know, those little pockets of sex and murder and witchcraft and technology together in one place. So I would say that um, in today's pop culture, everything back then has probably come to a head where it's premium disgust. And, you know, is I mean, I don't. I'm not happy with my kids being able to have access to this type of stuff. It's just, just what it is. So. And it's literally a click away now. Like, yeah. a click away. Um, David, any feedback? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think that um, the, uh, the occult is um, really, really prevalent now, more so in a lot of your commercials. Remember that commercial that you tell, told me about two weeks ago? about this woman, it was on Match.com now. Yep. This woman meets Satan. Oh yeah, date Satan from Match.com. Yeah, and they're yeah. walking around and they're sitting together arm in arm and, and he's doing this and she's doing that and they're laughing and joking and I'm sitting there. This was one night when I was watching, I think it might've been Law and & Order. And I'm sitting there saying, oh my God. Yeah. This it- is, they're just punching you in the face with like, bam, hi, I'm Satan. Want you to go to hell with me? Come on. You know, I'm right here. You it's, know, yeah, we all float down here, you know. It's becoming, and, and that was part of the thing that they also mentioned in the film. They desensitize you to religion as well, too. So um, basically people who are Christians or people who are care, uh, people of faith, um, they kind of character make us caricatures like um almost like jokes you know so i want to i want to uh uh i don't mean to cut you off but i want to focus on that uh for about maybe 10 minutes um we're caricatures i've watched the simpsons i've watched uh well i don't watch south park at all i I don't care how funny they think or they try to make it seem but i'll watch down into the camera a little bit just oh yeah Perfect. But, but I, I watched The Simpsons where this guy, Ned Flanders, now he's supposed to be a, a Christian man, but he's made to look like a complete blithering buffoon. Yeah. Oakley, Oakley, ah, lily, lily, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm saying to myself, we don't act like that. Christians don't act like that. Um, married with children. Um, there was an episode where Al goes to this priest, you know, because he's he felt like he was not being faithful to Peg. So Peg goes with him and the priest is saying all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, there was a, a show, um, you know, this, this real, now the, the reality shows they're coming out with, with this guy called The Rev, you know, it's coming out on Netflix. And uh, he's, he's look, he looks, he doesn't look real. He, he, his beard is all plastered on. He looks like a, 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 a claymation figure that they just brought to life and his family is just loud and disrespectful and things of that sort and 
and and it's just like we're just made to look like complete buffoons uh criminal minds where um this one last example criminal minds where uh shamar moore you know his character uh derek morgan uh, he says he doesn't believe that there's anything out there. So Reed tells him, well, in order for there to be good, there has to be evil. And so when he goes to see the priest about the serial killer, uh, the priest is interviewing the guy and um, he's all benevolent and he's uh, you know, pious until he says that, okay, well, he supposedly ate the, pers- the victim that he murdered. So now he reaches over to the table and starts cursing and saying all kinds of things. And I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute. Aren't you supposed to be a religious person? What are you doing using profanity? And so it's, <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head. Um, basically, every example that we see on television about a person of faith, it's a joke. It's to make a joke out of it. Um, and to really just desensitize you into not even thinking that it's serious at all. Um, A good example, and this is actually what kind of um, spurred this discussion, I watched uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix, and it's, it's an adaptation of an August Wilson play, and it's star studded, it has Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, it's his last role in, in, um, that he acted in. And so, and for those who want to see it, this is a bit of a spoiler. So (laughs) check out here if this is a thing, this isn't going to really break down all of the movie, but um, there's a part in the movie where Chadwick Boseman has this very long soliloquy where he discusses very passionately his experiences being a black man in the South and what he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to blame God. And I see that this is a theme that happens a lot in movies, especially uh, with a lot of Black movies and films where God becomes like the entity to be blamed for everything. So he goes on this long rant and rails on, you know, Christ and literally says, He's an MFer uh, in his monologue. And it was shocking. It was very shocking. And a lot of people have said, like, this was a great play. Chadwick acted wonderfully and all this. But that was so integral to his performance. And to me, this is where we are now. (laughs) Like that is a standard thing in a lot of films and no one cares. It's like, okay, whatever, you know? So uh, think of it, think, think of it from a scriptural view, um, you know, in terms of music, I know this is about television, but we're talking about if we're going to talk about the entertainment industry, uh, I just want to make this example to kind of tie into everything that we've talked about. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 19 through 21, we have Paul saying that um, our music should be spiritual. So everything, and then go back to Psalms, I will, I will uh, not sit anything, be, I will not see anything wicked before my eyes. So that means that anything that's wicked or evil or satanic, 
I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to view it. I'm not going to say, um, uh, you know, try to go to the movies and support it financially in any way. But let's go back to, um, I guess, 30 years ago during, you know, my time. I, I was a kid back in the 80s. We had cartoons that were blatantly satanic that I didn't even know about. You had Masters of the Universe. Uh, you had um, a lot of your Japanese anime uh, shows like uh, uh, Ultron and, and Wicked City, which came out in the, in the 90s. But uh, let's focus on the 80s for right now. You had um, Ashira, Princes of Power, uh, you know, uh, Thundercats. All of these shows were blatantly satanic, conjuring up spirits, people uh, using sorcery as a way to view the future and things of that sort and gaining power from it. And it was blatantly in your face. But of course we were children, so we didn't know the difference. We didn't have any discernment or we had very little discernment. And we were all told, that, oh, it's a cartoon. so. You know, we can't really, you know, judge it or make a, ju a biblical judgment call. So let's fast forward to the 90s. It was getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, I, I can't think of any of the uh, uh, shows, you know, uh, but it was getting worse and worse. But all of this stuff was gradual because the frog in the pot um uh, scenario was rain true. You can't put a you can't put a uh, the frog in the pot and boil it right away because it's going to jump out. But do it gradually and it's not going to know what's happening to them. So that's what's happening. That's what happened to us. We slowly but surely desensitized, became desensitized to television. And so now we can look at television and see somebody getting spontaneously combusted and not bat an eye. And you know, we have three minutes left, but we're going to have to do a part two of this discussion because there's still so much to get into because we talked about where it was, where it is now, and we're going to talk about where it's going. The Oscars now have new criteria for films to be able to even be placed or have a shot at earning a best Oscar. You have to fulfill certain criteria. So we're going to talk about that in the part two discussion, what criteria that is now, because now we've almost gone full circle. So the Hayes Code had like a Christian theme where films had to fall into certain categories and have certain themes. So now coming upon 2021, 2022, 2023, now films have to have certain criteria in order to be nominated for Oscars, but it's the opposite of Christianity. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that. So we're going to have a part two discussion. So I just want to take a moment to give a pitch for a knowing spirit for all those who have stayed with us and listened to this discussion there are going to be a lot more discussions like this in 2021 and beyond. We are actually going to focus on building our YouTube channel. So make sure that you subscribe, smash that notification button, and just join the community. So we will talk to you soon and come and tune in for part two. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you soon. Peace.